Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Welcome back to the Backyard Chat Podcast. We are so excited to jump into a new series that we have going on the month of April. It's probably no surprise to you because it's Easter and we are talking about all things hope. Karen, tell us a little bit about what we have coming up with our sermon series this month. Just as you said, we're going to be talking about hope and um, Christian hope is different than the hope of the world and the hope that we learn about outside of church. And it's not wishful thinking, but it's a confident expectation that the things that God has promised us will surely come to pass in the perfect time, in the perfect way. And Easter is the best time to talk about that because our hope is in Jesus and what God has done through Jesus. And we're just going to be celebrating that all month long because it is a gift that God has given us that will sustain us in the darkest of days. And we want to just be ready to walk in that at any time those dark days come. So I'm super excited about it. And I, my goal is that those people who participate, who hear the messages, who lean into what God is saying to them will walk away with just lots of tools in their toolbox for any circumstance that needs hope, that they'll be able to quickly grab onto that hope and to apply it. That's wonderful. I know for kids, we talk about these virtues every month, and we say that these virtues are the character of God. And so it helps kids to understand who God is and that God is always faithful. And hope is a response to the character of God. And when the kids know and trust that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, that their hope is in him and it's secure in him. And so we have a lot of fun things planned for them as they discover more about hope. We have with us today... One of my favorite couples in the world, and I really do mean that, George and Becky Armstrong are here. So welcome to you guys. We're so happy that you're here. I wish you could see their joyful smiles (laughs) on the podcast. They are just so full of joy here in this room. I think that's what attracts me to them. When I came here eight years ago, they were some of the first people that I remember. And it's because when you walk into their space, like anywhere they are, there's just the joy of Christ. And I don't know if they know how to be any other way. I really don't. And so I adore them and really am looking forward to letting others hear their story and learn about hope through their journey. So George, welcome. Thank you. Becky, welcome. I'm glad to be here. We're glad that you are here. So will you, either one of you, whoever wants to start, just tell everyone that's listening a little bit about your journey. All right. George and I might have to toss a coin or something. (laughs) Um, Well, George and I grew up in the church, so we were real faithful and thankful for that. Our hope, uh, we uh, always knew about God. And uh, when we got married, uh, we, we loved the Lord also. And we were very blessed by in our young married life. We had three children. And of course, we were very busy like everyone else that has three children. But we were fortunate to have a Friday night prayer group that was very, very faithful. And that really grew George and our faith tremendously because we prayed for one another. We were all kind of in the same boat. We were young people with kids. Oh, I love that. And uh, we were spirit-filled. That's when back in the late 70s and early 80s that mm-hmm. the, the movement of the spirit was really moving. Yes. So um, we got on that train, and we're thankful we got on it when we did. But just like the sower of the seeds, as our children began to grow, our not our problems, but our time was dedicated to other ventures, and we fell and we quit going to Bible study, the whole 
Bible study group kind of crumbled after about eight years. But that was eight years of solid filling our our spirit really awesome. with yeah. God's word and knowing that prayer works, having people literally praying every week for each other. What a beautiful thing. We need to get back yes, to that. Yeah, you that's do. powerful. I that is powerful. I cannot tell you how much it got us through because during that time, George's mother had cancer. His grandfather had Alzheimer's. So even though we had young children, our time was devoted to them also. And it really helped that journey. But as things happen in life, one day came when we need to, to draw on that faith. Mm. And um, uh, we got a call one Sunday morning, a call that no parent wants to ever hear. They said, um, do you have a child named Nicholas Armstrong? And I said, Marcus, I said, yes, we do. You need to get here right away. At Breckenridge Hospital in Austin, Texas, he's been gravely injured. And uh, we didn't really know that. We, well, what's the matter? Did, did he, you know, they couldn't tell us anything. But we knew to immediately start praying. And of course, we contacted the church because our children were raised up in the church. And every single church member knew Nicholas because he was a, a, a young man of great faith and charisma. Everybody loved him. So without a doubt, I, I could feel the prayers of our church praying mm-hmm. and lifting us up and all our family. And so we prayed the whole way there. And of course, you want a miracle. And we knew about miracles. We'd seen them. And uh, we were we were thankful. Uh, when we got there, he was unconscious, and uh, he never regained consciousness. But uh, the joy that we had, again, you can't underestimate people being there for you. Absolutely. The whole hospital was filled with Nicholas's friends from college, and people drew drove up from Baytown to be there, some of his friends and, and of course, our friends. And then the hospital for two days, the people were praying, and and um, we were just, you know, asking for a miracle. Uh, the miracle we got was not what we prayed for, but our faith was still strong because we knew Nicholas immediately went into the arms of Jesus. Amen. And because of our faith, we knew we would see him again. Yes. That is our great hope. Yes, it was wonderful hope, and we didn't falter. And, of course, we asked why, and, of course, it wasn't our our desire um, because he was such an awesome young man, like everybody's child. But um, anyway, he had been a youth counselor at, at a Christian camp that, that year before, and, um, you know, even the people from his camp all over Texas came wow. to his service. And so it was a testimony of his bright and shining story. He loved to sing his, he loved to do his guitar and sing praises. I mean, he was just an awesome guy, full of life and joy. I have heard so many stories about him. And it's, I know that his legacy still lives on because of who he was and those lives that he influenced. Um, His life certainly was way too short, but God still uses it in such powerful ways. And I'll say, this is why I brought my Bible. Mm-hmm. We were sitting at the hospital after we we realized he was gone, and George and I were just sitting in the car. And I kept getting these words over and over again in my mind, and it was, think of whatever is true, whatever is honest, 
whatever is good, think on this, and you'll have the peace that passes all understanding. And I was kind of mixing it all up. And I thought, I don't even know where that is. And I didn't have Google back then. I know you right. <laughs> You know, you actually had to know your Bible back then. Now you can just put in a little bit, and it pops up, and you're like, I am a Bible genius yeah. suddenly. And I was, you know, thinking, okay, I think it's an epistle. I was trying to get the Bible and look it up, and I finally found it. And I'm going to read it to y'all. And it is just without, I know it's God-inspired. And it's in Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Mm, that's beautiful. And, um, and it was true. And I can't tell you how many times we had to turn our eyes away because, unfortunately, uh, his death was a murder. So even this meant more. I couldn't think about as a mom. Can you think about that? No. No. So this was a word from the Holy Spirit, and I appreciated him telling me about it. And we used it every single day when we would have to cast our imagination down and think on God. So that was our hope, and he got us through it. And time after time, there were blessings. Many people came, young people came to talk to George and I about what Nicholas meant to them and his faith and his exuberance. And so God does make beauty from ashes. I've seen it too many times. And I love how the Holy Spirit brought that scripture to mind. Yes. And that's why we do that with kids. We want God's word tucked away in their hearts so yes. that when they're in a time of trouble or suffering or even the good things that God's word will just come alive to them. And it's it's such a treasure to have God's word in your heart. And I love that he revealed that to you and that it brought you so much comfort and so much peace. It did. You know, what's amazing about that, too, is in the hardest moment, that moment that every parent just fears um, that when that actually happened for you, that God gave you a word that you had already somehow, you know, it was tucked in your heart and you just needed to to be drawn back to it. And that the hope that rests in God's word and in God's promises can bring us so much peace. And because his death was so horribly tragic and there was, you know, so much evil wrapped into it, that God would say, but there are things that are true and fix your eyes on that because there's goodness and um, hope in that. And that God would draw you to that is just an amazing story of how God is faithful, even in those horrible, horrible moments in life. So, George, tell me about, for you, where do you find your hope in the hard moments in life? Well, I just try to keep my eyes on Jesus. Amen. I don't know anything else to do. That's all you need to know. That's the honest <laughs> truth. If you know how to do that, that's, that's it. Well, it's not that. You know, it's just like you have to know, you have to get into his word, I believe. We have... Uh, we play KSBJ at our house all the time, which plays contemporary Christian music, and it's uplifting uh, and full of God's promises. And uh, we play Christian TV at our house all the time because we're listening to people preach the Word. And uh, I think that's where, you know, if you, if you listen to God's promises, you can, my goodness, this is for me. Yeah. God cares about me. He loves me. Yeah, I say all the time when we know God's promises, 
then we can go to God's promises. If you don't know God's promises, then that's where you find yourself grasping. And it does feel hopeless because you don't realize the promises of hope that God has given us. And so being in God's word, knowing God's word, even if you don't know exactly where to find it, it, the words will come back to you in those moments. And the Holy Spirit just gives you this recall. It will remind you of everything I have taught you. It, It says in scripture that that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does is to remind us of what Jesus has already taught us. And even if it's one, like someone told you in Sunday school, I mean, just a part of it, like the the 23rd Psalm, mm-hmm. yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you're walking through that valley. Mm-hmm. You're not, uh, we're not staying there. And mm-hmm. he's not. I love that. He's not going to allow us to stay there. I love that. He is so good like that. You know, and I know, how many years has it been? Uh, 22. 22 years. And over that 22 years, I know there have been a lot of times where you've had to go back to God's word and you've had to hang on to something. Share with us a little bit about things that you have done when you're in the midst of of the grieving or in that valley, in the valley moment. What did you do to really remind yourself of where our hope is? I continue to remember God's character. Mm. I know God is loving. I know he is good all the time. I know he wants the best for me. Even when I don't see it, I can't understand it. Without a shadow of a doubt, I have my full faith on him, and he never, never disappoints me. I'm not happy all the time. And usually I found out a lot of the things are not like what I thought they would be. It's mm-hmm. not all about what I thought it was about. Yeah. So uh, I just have to put my trust in God and keep remembering, you know, God is faithful. God is true. You know, his promises are yes and amen. And over and over, it, that begins to boost my faith up. Me too. You know, I I'm speak right there the word. I speak the word out for myself to hear. It builds my faith up. You and know. talk about the things He's done for you in the past. Yes. Because He's answered a lot of our prayers, and we've had miracles in our lives. And uh, talk about that to each other. Remind each other of what God has done for you. In the Old Testament, they call those Ebenezer's. They would take those stones and they would place them to mark these uh, places of God's goodness in their life. And we can do that same thing. I know that, Becky, you do it all the time. Every conversation I have with you, you remind me of one of God's promises. You just weave them in the conversation so effortlessly, and I love that. And so those are Ebenezer's. Those are like placing stones to say, this is who God is. This is God's character. So I can't possibly think anything differently of God because God doesn't change, and this is who God is. And even in hard moments, God is still who God says he is and mm-hmm. just being able to know that and to to lean into that and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus in those moments for sure. And he does give you unspeakable joy and that's when you started it out. We can't explain it. That's right. As a Christian, you can't explain how you can have joy in the midst of a storm, but you can. You can. Of all that. You know, God just fills your heart and he lets you know and the peace that passes all understanding, you can have it. You know, How can you be so calm in this? Because I rest in God's arms, even here on earth. You know, he's going to direct my path, even though I get off the path frequently. But uh, (laughs) hopefully I can repent and get back on quickly. Yes, it's good. We can can start afresh every day. (laughs) That's right. And so how long have y'all been married? Uh, be 50 years this year. So that's 50 years of starting afresh every day uh, with each other. And I, that's that's one thing that I love is that that's how to make a marriage last. The, I can't just, do the math on that one. <laughs> that's, that's, how you, that's how you make a marriage last is you start afresh every day. So and, I love and, that. And forgive. And forgive. And that that uh, that helped me. God got the revenge out of my heart for my son because there was another boy involved in, in, in Nicholas's death that uh, 
no, nothing, well, nothing happened. One of them committed suicide, but mm-hmm. it was horrible. That, that mother lost her child too. But God took the, he took the vengeances out of my heart. He, he removed it from me because I was, you know, I could have been very, wanting to seek revenge for my son's death. I can't even imagine. I know that has to be a spiritual struggle because on the one hand, you're like, I know that's not of God. Oh, no. But it's, on the right. other hand, there's just as a dad uh, wanting to protect yeah, your child. Yeah, I didn't take care of my children, yes. my family. Yeah. But he took it away from me. And, it, and, you know, he's done other things. That and only God was, can do it that. Was, yes, only. It was gone. Yeah. And that's, it's still gone. That's what I mean. Like, only God only can God. do that. Mm-hmm. Only God can yes. do that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough sometimes. But he's our hope, and it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. So what words of wisdom would you give to someone who's going through a hard time, even if it's not— as tragic or as devastating as your loss, but what are what are the words that God has for y'all to share with someone? Have faith in God and and, and, and that He will do what He says he, he 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 will do, even if it doesn't look like it. Don't give up. It's so important. And, and even if you do, go back, go yes. back and repent and ask God to forgive you. Even if you mess it up so bad you can't you can't see straight. Right. You know, just go back, and and God will forgive you. What about you, Becky? What words of hope do you have for someone? Um, I just say that you just need to turn to God at all times. He's right there with you every moment of the day. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is making a way where there is no way. I can't explain it, but you need to have a personal relationship with him. You know, we can know all about God or all about even his promises. But if you don't realize that he loves you more than you can even think or believe, Mm -hmm. you can go through these things when you realize how much God loves you. Not like a human father. He loves us more. Absolutely. And so he always wants good. And he's, you know, no good will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And yet it looks like I've got holes in that promise, but it's not. It's not. That's the thing. That's what, that's where I think we can go wrong because we can start to believe those voices that are not the voice of truth that say, well, Becky, you must not be walking uprightly if all this bad stuff is happening to you. My daughter, who is in college now, we were driving down the road one day, and I've had my own fair share of tragedy in some ways in my life. And she said that. She said to me, she said, you know what? She goes, you're a really bad example of a Christian. And I was like horrified at first. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, if, if the idea is that if you walk with God, bad things won't happen, she said, then you're a really bad example of that. And I said, well, that is not the idea, and that is not the way it works. And I think I'm a good example of what it means to be Christian, because when bad things happen, knowing how to turn to God and to walk through those, I will say this. I think for many people, the big hurdle to overcome is thinking, if I do my part, you know, I pray when I'm supposed to pray, and I read the Bible, and I'm in Bible study, and I go to church, if I do all those things, nothing bad will happen. And when something bad happens, then they think God somehow didn't do God's part. Mm -hmm. And so I think overcoming that idea and knowing that bad things happen to everybody. And so because they happen to everybody, it's best to know the one who gives us hope, have a relationship firmly established with the one who gives us hope so that we're equipped in those gut-wrenching moments where there's nothing but just you and God to be able to cling to that and to find hope and even to have your joy return in those moments. 
And Jesus says in John, like in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might or it it could happen. That's right. You will, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And that that's a huge encouragement. That's one of our memory verses for this month for kids. And speaking of that, one of the things that I adore about you both is how you shepherd Ethan, your sweet grandson, and how you really help him in his walk with the Lord. And it's it's beautiful to hear about and to witness. And I think it would be such encouragement for parents and for grandparents if you could share a little bit about some of the really creative things that you do with Ethan. It's Becky. She is uh, she's good with that. She's a teacher, a kindergarten teacher from way back. And, and she's teaching Ethan about God's Word and about God. And I, I do some, but she's the big one when every morning we put on the full armor of God we put on the helmet of salvation, the best way of life is in the, you know, and the belt that. of truth before we go out. And, and once we get it on, we don't just stand. We don't just do nothing. You have to fight because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'll, you'll get overcome if you don't fight. And, and she does. Other, they read, reread the Bible. They do. I do, too. I'm there. I'm just, and he <laughs> loves it. Uh, Ethan is just like any child, a unique He has his peculiarities and pretty stubborn, but he's really good with schedule or routines. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any way for him to argue because that's our routine. That's what's done. We're going to do it. You know, 640, he gets his Bible and he got a Bible this year for Christmas. He loves it. He's got his highlighter there. We got to highlight it. Most of the time I pick out Psalms that something will be encouraging. And we read that, and then we say the Lord's Prayer, and then we put on the full armor of God, and we fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Thank and, you. And we and uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And we, we say the, the gifts of the fruit of the Spirit, because at the very end, I said, at the last one, self-discipline, you know. And I said, I know that's hard, but you've got it. You've got to get it out and unpack it at school. <laughs> there you go. You know? That's a good one. So, you know, I, we, we just keep reiterating that and always sing a praise song. And, uh, you know, I have two or three or four. I said, which one do you want to sing today? You know, this is the day or Jesus loves me or great is your faithfulness. So anyway, he knows we're going to do it. And uh, it's a blessing to me. And it's a blessing, I think, to him. Because I know it is. Yes, it is. I know it is. And I know Ethan enough to know that he does treasure routine. He treasures schedule. And so familiarity, he, mm-hmm. all of those things are so important to him. So I love how you've zeroed in on that and found a way that works for him to have I mean, how can he have a bad day, you know, when you start that way? And so I, I love that. This was just cute, and it it validated me and made me feel good. Uh, I was just talking to Ethan about something, and he was saying his teacher's husband came and read to them. And I said, hey, that's a good thing. Maybe B.B. should come read. He said, yes, you should. And he said, I know, I know. And I said, what? And he said, you could read the Bible to them. You yes. know what, B.B.? Some of them do not know the Lord. <laughs> and, I mean, he was so I bet sincere. they don't even. <laughs> awesome. And he didn't think twice because, you know, that I made know. me feel so good because what am I reading? Yes. I'm so thankful that he wanted me to read the Bible because that's what I'm always reading. Bring that Bible to school and read it. I didn't have the heart to say, I don't think they'll let me, but... <laughs> That is so precious. When Emma was in, I think, kindergarten or first grade, they had a bring your favorite book to um, to school day and share your favorite book. And her, when I read the note to her that she needed to pick out her favorite book, her eyes lit up and she goes, I'm bringing the Bible because they can't stop me. That's what oh, she said. Gosh. I'm bringing the Bible because they can't stop me. So I love that because she said, my favorite book is my favorite book. And I said, yes, little girl, you go and you, yes. you, you preach. So yes. Now, Ethan tries to do that. I keep trying to get him to read. He doesn't care much for uh, fiction because it's got dialogue. It's a little harder to read. Uh, but he keeps on. I want to read the Bible. 
trying to get out of it, you know. But it, that's that's his thing. <laughs> I want to read the Bible. My Bible is favorite. My favorite thing. Divert. I said the Bible's good, but we need to read other genres. <laughs> he, he knows his his his, 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 like, baby, yeah, his grandmother. He knows her. I love She'll it. go for that one. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Too funny. Well, we so appreciate you guys being so willing to share your story. It's a powerful witness to to all of us, and you guys are such an inspiration. And I am sad that this podcast doesn't have video attached because the joy that you guys do bring. I know we've already just talked about that, but I can't say it enough. You really do have the joy of Jesus, and thank you for sharing that with all of us wherever you go. Yes, we, we praise the Lord. We thank Him for giving us His joy. We got to serve and let the light shine where you are. And y'all do such a great job of that. You really, really do. It's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to our church family. It's a blessing to, to all that know you. So let's end with something fun. I enjoy watching you guys on social media, and y'all are always doing kind of fun things together and sharing it. So what's what are some of the, tell us, what are some of the things that y'all do for fun that um, will help people make it to 50 years? Tell us those things. We, we, we do things together. We, we, we like to travel, and, and that's fun, and you need to do different things. And, and we just, we're so lucky now that we have a little bit more room, and we just kind of walk around and, you know, talk about stuff and look at God's blessings. That, the sunsets you know, his, are gorgeous. Oh, we have a little God. bit of land, and it's just, it's just a glorious time. You just can breathe in and, and, and see the goodness of God and George is on his little tractor, so I can applaud him for being on his tractor. And it's not a real tractor. I need a real tractor. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for 50 years, you're going to get a real tractor. I wouldn't, there you go. I wouldn't count it. We need a new car. <laughs> how romantic is that? Yeah. Huh? Of course, we like to play games with Ethan. Yeah. 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 And, we, and, and just be just, with one another which and our friends. And we like doing that, so it's it helps. I would say that y'all are so y'all are so much fun anyway that anything you do is going to be fun because you you're you are what brings the fun. So. Well, she's fun. I'm not I'm not quite as much fun as she is. But well, keep learning. I, from I, her. I'm I'm trying. I'm really trying. George and Becky, we just thank you so much for coming and for sharing and letting us hear stories about Nicholas. And that's just a beautiful testimony of who he is and, and his impact that he made in this world. And we appreciate you guys coming and joining in our backyard chat shenanigans this week. Well, we enjoyed it. And well, well, I appreciate you letting me speak about my wonderful son. I don't mind mm. saying stuff about him because that's how you keep the the memory alive. That's and right. don't you think, too, God redeems um, those Certainly. moments in certain ways when you get Certainly. to share and help somebody else. Absolutely. So thank you for bringing hope today. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat podcast, be sure to follow the show in your Apple podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous, click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends. We'll be back next week. And, and we, we can't, can't wait, wait to, to chat, chat with you. you.